Welcome back to another episode of Eco Lawn Science. I hope everyone is doing out there. If you are in the Mountain West area of Utah, you are having a crazy spring. We were in the pool last week. It was in the 70s, and it's supposed to snow tonight and the next two days. Uh, now, the temps look up in the 40s, so it's probably just going to be a bunch of rain, maybe some flurrying in Park City, but that's just typical spring here. Um, down in Texas in the south of America, southern America, um, things are really warming up. It's hitting in the 80s, high humidity, so you're kind of hitting more uh, summer weather. So this, our country is kind of extreme from one side to the other. But anyway, um, what's happening right now is the lawns here, the, the, the Kentucky bluegrass, is still waking up. I'm seeing, you know, in, in lower altitude areas, it's almost all the way awake. It's about 85% transition. In higher areas like Heber and Park City, um, wow, it's still about 40-50%. Some lawns are not even that high. So I want to talk about fertilization and a couple things that I'm seeing. Like literally right now as I'm recording this episode, I'm looking out at some grass. And I've been out um, this week driving around um, You know, as I've been preparing for this episode. And one of the big things you know, we've talked about so much is, is don't rush, don't rush, don't you know, slow down. Well, what happens is in the spring... Everybody's ready to go. Some guys have started, you know, six weeks ago. But the lawns still aren't awake. So if you start too early, eh, there's not really much benefit there. And hopefully they're using a slow-release fertilizer, other, you know, so that you can get some benefit. If it's a quick release and the lawn's fully dormant, you're not going to get too much out of it. So your best bet is to wait, you know, be patient. And we've talked about that. But what I'm seeing right now, I'm, I'm at a park, and I see a lawn that's about maybe halfway out of transition to awake so half of it's yellow half of it's green and I see these dark green spots everywhere and then you see a yellow lawn now those are dog spots you know that's where the dogs urinate and that high concentration of nitrates of nitrogen really lights it up and some people get upset by that you know hey well why is this here and why is the rest of my lawn that and that's just what it is you've got so much the dogs are putting so much essentially fertilizer in one spot that that's lighting up how do you balance it Right, and and there's more than fertilizer in their pee. That's not all I mean, because um, there's a carbon thing at play as well. But so that's what you see. I see uh, weeds starting to germinate. I saw a few dandelions. So you have this yellow lawn still asleep. These green spots from dogs, and then weeds. And they're generally the weeds are around the edges of the concrete, um, especially where I'm at at this park right here. And that's common. They like these hot spots. They like where the concrete is because down below it's warm and that keeps the soil temperatures warm, which allows the weeds to germinate quicker than the lawn. So what happens is a lot of people are going out there and they are dumping the nitrogen on. Nitrogen is, is one of the most crucial elements of plant health. You do need that. That's what we do as lawn care providers, uh, tree providers, whatever it is, plants. We, we add nitrogen. But there's it's not just a matter of dumping nitrogen on. There's science to it. And I've talked about it. So this is going to be kind of a brief overview of what to do right now. So your lawns, especially when we talk about bluegrass, they need, um, I believe the, the, the state extension says they need about three to four pounds of nitrogen per year. So that means if you took the if you took a thousand square foot section of the lawn, and, and for whatever reason that's the that's the the common uh, root measurement is a thousand square foot in the industry. That square that patch that little thousand square foot it needs four pounds of nitrogen fed out over the year. Now, you want to avoid the high drought time, so late July, August, you want to not be putting nitrogen, and you want to feed it more in the early spring, spring, early summer, and then late fall. So you take those, let's say that's four, let's say you do six applications a year, and you're going to take your two summers out, so let's say there's four applications, that means you need to get 
do the math. If you want four pounds, you need to get a pound of nitrogen per thousand, each of those four. Or if that's too heavy, and, and the pound of nitrogen, that's not exact. There's some more to it. You got to do a soil sample. You got to understand the soil in your area to know exactly. They say three to four pounds. Well, sometimes it's not that. I've seen also some lawns you can get three pounds, two, two to three pounds and have good results. Some lawns, they need five pounds. But anyway, the idea is if you need four pounds, you take a pound, put it on over those four visits. So let's say two in the spring, two in the before summer, and then two after summer. There's your pound. If you put too much at a time and too much of the wrong kind, you're going to um, cause, you could cause some problems. And here's what they are. Overstimulating the grass, you'll get too much top growth. Your roots won't be able to catch up. You'll have a very green, lush lawn that grows like crazy. You'll have to mow it three times a week, but you'll have pretty crappy roots. And so what that means in the summer when it gets drought, it's going to stress earlier. It's going to go brown. You won't be able to survive. Insects that move in, they're going to go, ooh, I like this. I got great grass to feed on and easy roots to chew up. Done. You'll have higher issues of fungal problems. Issues of fungal problems. However you say that, you'll have higher fungal issues in your lawn. Just a lot of bad things. You could also have more runoff. If you feed it too much, the lawn can't take it in. It's not a slow release that can wash into the water systems and you cause a problem. So you want to do it methodically. You want to understand how much nitrogen does my lawn need and how am I going to get it that much nitrogen. If Again, if it's four pounds per year and I do four applications for easy math, I need a pound of N nitrogen per application. Don't go over. That's for sure. And if you go way under, you may not have the benefit. So you got to look at it. And then you have to get your bag. You have to find out, okay, how many pounds of nitrogen, active ingredient nitrogen, are in this bag of fertilizer? Okay, what if it's a 50-pound 50, 50 bag? And 10%, the first number is a 10 on it, which means 10% of that bag is nitrogen. That means it's 5 pounds of nitrogen in that bag. Now, let's say you had a 5,000-square-foot lawn, and you wanted to put a pound of N down. Okay, so it's all about how much nitrogen is actively in that bag, and it's also about how much am I trying to put down. Then you have to adjust your spreader, right? Move too quick, you're putting down too light. Move too heavy, move too slow, you're putting down too much fertilizer. Anyway, it's really crucial to be smart about it and be um, have a purpose and do it right so that you can get the best benefit. I love balance. You need to go with balance. So don't just focus on nitrogen. I have found in this area you don't need to slam it with what a lot of guys are doing right now. They're putting down like a 46% nitrogen. No anything else. Macro, micronutrients. Macro. No micronutrients. I'm just fumbling my words today. And they're just loading the soil up. But again, those are the problems that you could face. A better approach is understand what your soil needs, how much. Understand the rate that you're applying. And do it scientifically and get it right. Use slow-release fertilizer. It doesn't have to be 100% slow release. I love products that are 50, 60% slow release. What that means is 40%, 30, 40% of that will be able to be available for the lawn to eat right away. It's quick release. But then that 60% will break down slowly over time. And the nice thing about that, if you're a provider, is if you're all doing programs on the month and you got to get back in a month and four weeks, if you did it right and you used a great slow release product, that next visit, you don't have to put down too much fertilizer. You can focus on weeds, which is really what's going to happen on the round two, because then we're going to be into late April, early May peak weed season. So if you did a great fertilization on your round one, round two, you can really fo focus on weeds because that's what's going to be hard. Um, if you did all quick release, then you got to feed it again. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it's just addicted to it. So that's the reason I like slow release. It breaks down slower. It gives you more time, but it's healthier for the lawn. 
The next thing is um, usually after a few cuts is the best time to feed it. Um, that's why I keep saying, wait, wait, wait. People love early, early spring when it's brown and fully dormant. But if you wait till it wakes up and two to three cuts later, things are really stimulated. Things are really active. You're still having your nice, cool spring weather. You're getting some moisture usually, generally from you know rain or your sprinklers might be on. That is the power time to feed. So early spring, if you're going to feed you know, and you're doing a pre-emergent, you can do that or slow release with a balanced fertilizer. But when you get into that second round, that, that late April through May, your focus is weed control, dandelions, and that is the best time to feed it, you know, because it's actively, it's growing. It's saying, yo, light me up, you know? And so that's how I'm, that's how I look at these things. So again, just another story of patience. As far as a dog spots, as you feed your lawn properly and it wakes up, it'll start matching, right? Because your lawn's yellow, you get these green spots. It will start to look better. Sometimes you can't match it because there's so much in one area that to match that, you would have to put excessive amounts down that get you into the danger area, that area that I'm trying to avoid. You know, you're putting two and a half pounds of nitrogen per thousand. It's tempting. Everybody wants a green lawn for cheap, for a low price. Please don't do it. The benefits um, are not worth it. And there's way more cons. And, and it's not really good for our environment. And it's not a smart play. It's not a smart play. Just be patient. I already got people saying, hey, my neighbor, I had a guy send me an email. My neighbor's lawn is greener than mine. And I said, well, you have different soil structure. You have different types of grass, different varieties. You know, there's a lot of reasons. So I would suggest if that's your problem, my neighbor's lawn is greener than mine. My neighbor's is waking up. Learn about your lawn first and go learn about your neighbor's lawn if you want. Find out what species, what variety of grass it is. Find out what's in the soil. Do a soil sample on both. Start comparing and then you can start figuring it out. But, um, you know, don't just think everybody's green. I had a friend once who was uh, in, in South Philly and she was a teacher for kindergarten. And so she had so many parents come to her, you know, at a young age, uh, you know, two, three years old and saying, oh, my kid can read or he can't read. He can walk. He talked late. Worried about the status of their kids. Are they behind? And, and she would always say, you know what? I learned by the time kindergarten hits, they can all tie their shoes. They can all chew food. They can all write their name. Um, and they can all say their name. You know, things like that. Her point was, they're going to get there when the time's appropriate. Just chill. Don't stress. Anyway, have a good one. <laughs>